Welcome to King's Church, you guys. I got to meet a few new friends this morning, so it's awesome that you're here. Thanks so much for joining us. I know some folks are in from out of town for the Thanksgiving holidays, and some of our people are, a lot of our people are out of town or sick. It's just one of those weekends, perfect storms of things moving through and taking some folks out. So we've had to scramble to kind of fill in some some spots and things like that. So just want to keep praying for uh, for God's grace and favor. If you are a guest, though, we, we, I'm going to ask a favor of you. Um, you did forget. It's okay. I'm covering you. I wasn't going to call you out on it. Uh, there's some cards in the in slots there in front of you. If you would take one of those out, should be some nice red pens too. Find one of those, and um, we'd love just to get a little bit more information about you so we can follow up with you and um, just keep you updated. You can fill that out throughout the service. At the end, we'd ask that um, you take those actually to the, there's a big sort of a, a counter out in the lobby and someone will be there to take that card and get a gift in your hand. We want to get a gift in your hand. So um, even if you're from out of town, we, we love new friends. So by all means, let us, uh, let us bless you with something after the service. Bring that card back there as well. And as Meg said, please don't feel obligated to give um, unless the Lord has spoken to you clearly in the night and woken you up in a dream. In, that, in, that, in which case, obey him. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and pull those out. There's some in the pews there in front of you as well. King's Church people, you know you need to be bringing your Bibles, your word. Bring your analogs right here. The digital is good, but you can't beat the old analog. You can write in it. You can underline stuff. You know, you can hold it up in the devil's face like this. The devil knows what you're doing. If you hold this up in the devil's face, he's not going to know what you're doing. He's going to think you're showing him a meme of something, a lady screaming at a cat. So get the Bible out. Um, last week um, uh, was somebody came because there was part of the message last week that talked about doubt. Um, and I, I mentioned from Matthew 28, 18, there's, a, there's a, a, a verse in the scripture that it says that Jesus' disciples, they went up to the mountain. Jesus told them to go there. Um, and he has been resurrected. He's about to ascend into heaven. And, and the word says that um, they saw him, many worshipped, but some doubted. This is right before he gives them this great commission. I talked a little bit at length, um, a little bit about that. And somebody came up after me, after the, the service, um, and asked about the difference between doubt and unbelief, because I'd mentioned that before. And that, that got me thinking. And um, in that one conversation, I promised, look, I'll, we'll come back and talk a little bit about this. Um, in full transparency, is because I had to think about it myself. I didn't have a, a great theological answer right then and there. So I was like, I kind of, you know, you have to punt and come back to it a little bit later. And um, I'm coming back to it today, just been thinking a lot about that. Um, and I'm always, I'm always reticent to, to sort of give messages that are heavy and negative feeling. And I don't, I don't want people to kind of walk away feeling heavy and negative, but doubt um, doubt is very much a real part of the Christian experience. Um, it's very much sort of part of what we contend with um, this side of this side of eternity, walking with the Lord. Um, to some degree, it's part of what it means to be a human is to wrestle with things, is to have some uncertainty. Um, and some of you. I, I, all of you at some point have had doubts in your life about things. Some of you have had doubts about um, relationships. Some of you have had uncertainty and doubts about finances or job or work, uh, maybe about health. 
And I'm willing to bet that many of us have had doubts even about our faith. Doubts about the validity of Scripture. Is it really true what it says? Validity about who God is and what do we believe as Christians? And some of those doubts for some of us have gone very, very deep. And even now in this season, I'm willing to bet that some of us are really wrestling with doubt and unbelief and trying to, trying to make sense of you know, my feelings and how they don't really line up to what I'm seeing. So I, I want to just sort of present a little bit of um, just some, a few thoughts on doubt and unbelief, a few scriptures about that. My heart is, is to both challenge you and encourage you at the end of this, um, that there is a place for you here, no matter where on the spectrum you are, um, yet God's word does have some tough things to say about doubt and belief. And there's a grace for it, but God doesn't want to leave us there, wherever we are. Does that make sense? You guys with me on that? Okay. All right. So I, I want to kind of present what I sensed are, are the definitions of both of these things, both doubt and unbelief. And they are two different. And that was a question. Somebody asked me last week, are these the same thing? And I said, no, they're not the same thing. You know, there's a lot of similarities, but doubt and unbelief really are different. So I'm going to kind of give just what, what, what I feel the Lord has given to me this week. I'm not presenting this as rock-solid theology. You know, don't build your theology on what I'm about to tell you, but I do want to just give you some pieces to kind of help um, work through some of these things. So doubt is, I want to frame it this way, doubt is the lack of probability that something is true. In other words, uh, I, 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 this particular thing isn't very likely. I have doubts about this. There is a lack of a strong probability that something is true. There's an uncertainty that something is true. So that's what doubt is. Doubt has, you know, it just doesn't have a high probability. Um, this isn't likely to happen. There's an uncertainty about it. So that's what doubt is. Unbelief is a deeper version of that. Unbelief is not just the lack of probability. It's the lack of possibility. In other words, not only is it not likely, this particular thing is not possible. So doubt says something isn't likely. Unbelief says something is not possible. And there is a certainty that comes with unbelief that doesn't come along with doubt. So I, I, I may have lost some of you in that because honestly, this week I was losing myself. I'm like, that sounds like so philosophical and cerebral. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do that. But I, I kind of want you just to get in your mind these two things. Unbelief is rock solid. There is no there is a certainty that this is not possible. Doubt isn't that way. Doubt just says, you know what? I'm not certain either way. There's not a high probability, but it's not, it's not given one way or the other. So um, let me just kind of throw out there some things. And I want to read some scriptures in here too about this. So if, if one or two of these will be up on the screen, but some of these are, are just snippets enough that I didn't put them up there and I can tell you about them. Let me read a little bit from the Gospels. Um, Jesus is doing his ministry. He's healing and teaching, casting out demons. And in one particular place in Mark 9, he is confronting a, a demonic spirit inside a little boy. Um, and in verse 14, it begins this way. It says, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. 
As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. Isn't that a cool verse right there? When we see, when they saw Jesus, they're overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered. He said, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. So this boy was unable to speak. And the father says he has this demonic spirit that is rendering him in incapable of speaking. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him on the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashing his teeth, and becomes rigid. I ask your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. So a father is coming to Jesus who is facing this situation with his son who is so profoundly possessed by a demon that the boy is out of control, rolling around on the ground, foaming at the mouth, um, gnashing at his teeth. He comes to the disciples. Jesus apparently is busy doing something else or is away. He goes and he says, disciples, can you guys help me? You hang out with Jesus, right? Can you help me cast this out? And the disciples, I guess, are, are trying to do it, but they can't. They're not able to. And he says this, oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. That hurts. He chastises him. He rebukes him for this. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into, into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth, just like the father said. So Jesus comes in the picture. It irritates the demon. The demon begins to manifest in the little boy. The little boy's rolling around on the ground. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? King to boot camp people, you'll recognize this. This is part of that process of asking questions and diagnosing. This is what Jesus is doing. From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to destroy our children. But look, pay attention to what he says here. This is what the father says. But if you can do anything, y'all say if. If you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. So does the father have a high level of faith or a diminished level of faith? Diminished. Probably because he just saw the disciples totally fail and strike out, you know? And the guy's probably thinking to himself, man, this must be Satan himself possessing my son. I feel that way some days with our children, Megan, you know? And he goes to Jesus. He's like, okay, listen, your, your, your friends here couldn't do it. Maybe you can. He says, if you can, please help him. Jesus says, if you can. He repeats this back to him like with this sort of incre incredulity. He's like, what? If you can? Jesus answered. He's like, everything is possible for him who believes. Jesus says, there's no if here. It's not a matter of if I can. It's a matter of if you can. If you can believe, then it's possible. I certainly have the power, says Jesus. Inferring that, didn't say it, but he infers that. The question is not about me, it's about you. Do you have the faith for this to happen? Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. So he uses the word unbelief, but I really want to say that's, that's an example of doubt. And here's why. Because in the scriptures, unbelief is something even deeper. And there's three things about it. Number one, unbelief in the Bible is a matter of the will. It's a positioning of the will. Fundamentally, it's a matter of pride. 
Unbelief refuses to believe. You guys with me on this? Okay, Romans 1.21. Let me flip there real quick. It's going to take me a little bit because I don't have these marked, but this is what it says in Romans 121. Um, uh, Paul, by the way, is writing, and he's talking about sort of this general revelation that every human being has, this inner compass that tells them about good and evil, right and wrong, about God's revelation to them. Um, and he talks, he says, verse 21, for although they, they being sort of general humanity, they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. This is a fixing, this is a, a positioning of the will. This is a setting of the will that says, I refuse to believe. And it's rooted in pride. So that's the first thing we notice about unbelief is it's a matter of the will. Um, the second thing is it's, it isn't persuaded by proof. There's no evidence that you can give a truly unbelieving 